Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com. Com because the system is down and truth is taking over. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Big Comics Podcast, starring Mark Clare and Renzo Martini. Invincible! Yes, you may have seen the brand new... Well, relatively brand new. I guess it's been a few weeks now. Animated series on Amazon Prime. But it all started almost, I can't even believe this, almost 20 years ago when a young Robert Kirkman pitched the idea over at Image Comics to then-publisher and one of my all-time favorite creators, as listeners of the show know, Eric Larson, the creator, writer, artist, inker, everything of Savage Dragon. Um, But now this is finally getting the limelight after uh, Robert Kirkman's biggest work, biggest known work in the media, is, of course, The Walking Dead. Uh, But this comic book, Invincible, actually preceded The Walking Dead by about a year. I can't wait to dive into it, but before we do that, of course, had to bring on my co-host, the Ramblin' One himself. I'm still doing the alliteration, Remzo. Remzo Martinez. Mark, as somebody that was a fan of this series before it was a twinkle in the eyes of just everyday Amazon Prime subscribers, uh, you know, it's it's so amazing to see that something that I love that I never thought would get the time of day, whether on the big screen or the small screen, is finally here for the masses. And getting to watch the TV show, which is one of the reasons why, you know, we, we wanted to do this episode so soon. It's like getting to experience that joy and that amazement all over again. I'm so excited we're getting to do this now. Yeah, that's how I feel as well. Um, I mean, the, the, I've, the TV show itself is actually what inspired me to just reach out and say, Remzo, let's just do this Invincible episode now. And it's a pretty interesting book for me to be the one producing because this episode came out in 2002. Just This is about almost exactly when my comic book dark period started, when I kind of faded away from comic books. Dun, dun. Yeah, but this has a a special place in uh, my heart uh, because this is actually... It's basically the first new comic that I got into when I returned to comic book fanhood around you know 2013, 2014. Um, I, I, as fans of the show know, of course, as I mentioned at the top, huge longtime fan of Eric Larson's Savage Dragon. And when I got back into comics again in 2013, the first thing I did and the first thing that really got me back into it was uh, going back and reading all of the Savage Dragon that I had missed and recapturing that, that love for that book. Uh, but throughout that journey of going through Savage Dragon, at one point I came upon this 
character of Invincible, who I believe his first appearance was in Savage Dragon 102. I believe that is correct. I can be fact-checked later on. I'm not going to pull it up again. Pretty sure that's what it was. So that, that was my first exposure to the character, and I believe that was actually the character's first appearance before he went on to his own book. And uh, so this was actually... So I, I, I was intrigued enough by the fact that Eric Larson put him in his book, and I had heard some good things about it. It was still out at the time that I became a fan, so I, I went in. I, I went to my hoopla. I opened it up. I typed in Invincible. It was right there. I read that first uh, trade paperback, and I was so hooked that I just I burned through this entire series in a couple months. And right when I finished, I got to the point where I'd finished all the trade paperbacks, and then the series was still ongoing at the time. There was only like five issues left uh, before it finally ended, and uh, I was able to uh, like get, basically read those last five issues uh, live, so to speak, uh, as, as they came out. Uh, so it really does hold a special place in my heart as as really recapturing my fanhood, making me realize that, you know, getting back into comics doesn't just mean going back and checking out the old stuff, recapturing the old glory with characters I used to love. It actually means I can learn about new books and new characters as well. And it really, it really did re-spark a lot of the excitement in me as a comic book fan. Yeah. And I mean, this is one of those series where it's not superhero deconstruction like The Boys or Irredeemable or anything. It does play off certain mainstream comic book motifs, but it did it in a way that didn't patronize its readers it did it in a way that was able to bring in longtime comic book collectors and people who were just you know they, they were kind of put off by the superhero genre because they didn't know where to start they didn't know it would truly make it unique and invincible was the one series that i think is just universally loved amongst collectors yeah, and this is a book that um, at, at first glance, even at first reading of the first few issues, it might seem like kind of a standard superhero book. Uh, teenager gets powers, learns to learns to use them, becomes a hero, fights villains, yada, yada, yada. But very quickly, and, and there is a, uh, not too long into the series, there's a really big twist that is just one of many, many twists that really turns everything upside down. We're going to get to that twist in the course of this, uh, of this review here, so I'm, I'm not going to spoil it right now, but I mean, when I got to that point, I was like, okay, this is, I mean, I was already enjoying it kind of as more of a standard superhero book, but when it started to take that turn, I realized, okay, this is actually something much different. They were kind of stringing me along, trying to make me feel like this is a normal superhero book, and then just twisting it all around. And then these these twists and turns uh, happen all the time throughout the series, but somehow it's, it's one of these books, I, I think much like Eric Larson, I, I know Robert Kirkman is a big Eric Larson, big Savage Dragon fan, and I think a, a lot of that can be seen throughout this book. I think fans of both will, will see uh, where a lot of the inspiration uh, came came from. Uh, but one thing about Invincible that is the same as Savage Dragon is that it does essentially take place, at least over the course of the series, in real time. So when this when the series ends uh, about 10 years from now, I mean, we've seen about 10 years of, of, the, of the life of Mark Grayson, or more or less, depending on how you look at some things that, that maybe we'll get into um, way down the road when we maybe look at some later chapters of this. But for now, we're going to start by looking at, I was just going to originally look at the first volume of, of Invincible, but one thing that I love about the series, it really flies. It's a really easy read uh, and I, I flew through the, the first trade so fast that I said yeah, we can afford to get through the first two volumes and the second volume is where we do have that that really big twist. So I, I wanted to cover both of them. So that's what we're going to start today. Uh, we're 
going to start. But first, I just want to ask you a little bit more. What is What was your first exposure to Invincible? Did, were you on this book from the very beginning, or is it something you found a little bit later on down the road? So I actually discovered Invincible in 2012, but not as a comic book. I discovered it as a motion comic on iTunes at the time. Hmm. Um, around 2010, 2012, uh, Marvel, DC, Image, I started putting out these motion comics in which it wasn't completely animated, but... You know, you would see some movement of the panels and you would have actors actually voicing the characters. And they did this for Invincible. They only did, I think, the first 10 issues and then they completely stopped it because, it, you know, they didn't promote it as much. Um, there were some slight issues like in some of the episodes, some of the characters had no voice. So you just had to read the the balloons. It was one of those situations where it's like this has so much potential. Why did they do a motion comic and not just a full on cartoon? <laughs> So as much as, you know, that made me want to read the comics, I always felt like, you know, for for Invincible, the medium transcends just being good on page. This was always one of those comics I felt had big cinematic opportunities. And to see what Amazon has been able to do with the cartoon, it's probably one of the best, you know, just cartoons in general I've seen in decades. I don't watch a lot. I've I've been watching, I'm a big Rick and Morty fan. Indeed. But this has probably jumped to the top of my, my queue. Oh yeah, I mean, right now it is is my favorite. I think it's actually my favorite show that I'm currently watching. I think I actually enjoy it more than I enjoy Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I do enjoy. Uh, but it, it doesn't. Oh, by miles. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't by bring miles. me the same spark of joy, uh, so to speak, as, as watching Invincible does. So uh, we're gonna dive right in to the first trade paperback. Which and, and one thing I really like about how they did the trade paperbacks, uh, especially as a, as a longtime sitcom fan growing up watching tons of shows in the '80s, each trade paperback is split into uh, four issues. And uh, they each have the, the each trade is titled with the name of a sitcom. So the very first trade paperback is titled Family Matters, uh, and each one is broken up into four chapters. So starting off with Invincible issue number one, uh, this is of course created and written by Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker, who is the artist of the first group of of issues we're going to be looking at before uh, a different artist, Ryan Otley, does take over. Uh, but starting off, we start off right away with this character, who we will later learn is named in. Invincible, flying through the sky, racing through the sky, uh, holding this guy, this guy who has like a bomb strapped to him. And he's saying, you know, you really ruined my afternoon. Flies around, grabs this guy, throws him off and he explodes. (laughs) And then uh, Invincible flies away. It says, man, if I, if I keep this up, I'm going to give myself a heart attack. Next thing you know, it's four months ago. So now we're we're kind of going back in time. We're seeing that this hero's already out there dealing with some dude with a, you know, with a bomb strapped to him. Now we're going to go back and see how this uh, kind of all started from the beginning. Uh, Invincible, his real name is Mark Grayson. And I, I didn't realize this. I, I didn't realize it. I realized it watching the show. I guess he was always Korean in this book, but I never realized it. <laughs> or, or part Korean, I should say. Yeah, one of, the, one of those one, one of those ambiguous things where people were like is he an asian here or not not that that really matters but what was interesting is that you there genuinely are no asian superheroes Mm -hmm. like really and if there are asian superheroes they're almost like stereotypically asian yeah technically he is so um, the fact that they yeah, half asian half half half, korean. Viltram, half korean half viltramite i guess oh yeah if you want to get super specific yeah. viltramite also known as white guy from space basically white guy from space superpowers <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, Invincible's mom is like knocking on the door. He's in the bathroom and she's like telling him to get ready for school. And then they see on TV this superhero, Omni-Man, who's battling this monster in Japan. And we learn that Omni-Man is Invincible's father. Uh, so then, uh, so we're kind of just having the, the whole scene set here where this is a family and the the ma- the patriarch of the family, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's a controversial word that I'm allowed to use in 2021, but the patriarch of the family is um, <laughs> is Nolan Grayson, a.k.a. Omni-Man. Uh, basically, he's like a, a Superman character, essentially. A- almost literally. He's from another planet, came here, is protecting the Earth, yada, yada, yada. Um, and yeah, we meet Mark, and he's meeting up with his buddy, William, who will be a, a character throughout this series. William is also featured in the animated series um let's see and oh yeah then uh, we see that he is uh mark also has his part-time job at at this place called burger mart and he's going to take out the trash and he he just like throws this trash bag like he's gonna throw it into the trash bin but instead the bag just flies away off off into the sky and then mark kind of looks shocked for a second and then he says it's about time so clearly what's happening here is in is he is developing powers and he seems to have always known that he was going to have uh powers uh just off the bat I, i'm curious what what your initial thoughts were for how they introduced this character and and how they introduced uh his whole relationship with his family here i i think it's a little bit refreshing because it's really hard to do a lot of origins in a way that feels unique but it's almost so simple it's it's uh it, it's really different because i mean really he's he's kind of like a mutant in the sense that you know he doesn't have to have a super secret lab experiment he didn't get it from a suit of armor or weapon he just had to hit puberty yeah and bam yeah throwing trash bags across the continent it seems so simple but it actually it just works so well and and we don't get bogged down in some long you know long drawn out origin story he's the son of a guy with superpowers so he has superpowers it's it's that simple and it works just perfectly for what this story is and what this story becomes uh then mark goes out at night and he takes his he tries jumping off the roof and he takes his first flight he finds out he can now fly so he's he's seeming to be developing all of the superpowers of his father who again basically he is superman he could fly he's strong really fast all that great stuff with a mustache yeah then there are these two uh these two guys that are basically like robbing a bank or a couple guys here uh one is like this weird rock creature and uh yeah they're basically they basically like stole some diamonds uh from a bank or something like that and invincible in this like made-up suit it's just like kind of he's wearing like a, a a yellow bandana over his face and like some like kind of ratty uh ratty like uh red shirt and pants and he he stops these guys and he's like sweet cool i'm a hero now this is awesome and uh yeah he his dad then takes him to this um his buddy here who is a uh he's like a um i forgot this guy's name here i didn't put it in my notes of course but he is the guy that superhero taylor yeah dude. superhero taylor dude which i thought was a pretty pretty cool idea not not a concept i had really seen done in a superhero book before but yeah this guy's job is to make costumes for superheroes it's it's uh what he does it's what he's always done and i've never really seen that done before in a superhero book which i, I thought was pretty interesting because it, it always seems silly that all these superheroes are, are suddenly like amazing tailors or whatever so I, I like the explanation that there actually is in this universe anyway, someone whose specialty is creating costumes for superheroes. I think I think he was the inspiration for Edna Mode from The Invincibles. Oh, well, believe it or not, I've never seen The Invincibles. What? Yes, it's true. I'll let that slide. <laughs> you know, I'm a 41 year old man, Ramzo. I, ha- I haven't seen all the all the that same was things. 20 as you. years ago. You were it, it was 20 years ago. Okay, well, then I guess I can't use that explanation. But anyway, <laughs> I got I Shame. guess I just wasn't. Now, you have to realize 20 years ago I was in my early 20s. What are most people doing in their early 20s? Not necessarily watching cartoon movies. 
Unless you're, unless they're Remso. <laughs> unless they're Remso. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this is kind of in my my comic book dark period. So it was kind of my my dark period for all the things I used to love uh, as a, as a teenager. I was kind of like in, in my reject everything phase. I, I stopped watching pro wrestling. I stopped reading comic books. I stopped watching like cartoon movies. But you know, I'm coming back around to all this stuff now. Um, yeah, but then um, yeah, he's he goes. He makes this costume. It's kind of like this red and yellow like pretty shitty looking costume and um, he's not that not that big a fan of it at first uh, but you know they're, they're gonna come back and, and address the costume later on we see uh, Invincible at school and he uh, basically saves uh, Steve, Steve Urkel <laughs> it's a character that's literally I think he actually is Steve Urkel like in this in this uh, in this series here um, not they're not literally calling him that but they're making it pretty obvious that <laughs> like Urkel from from Family Matters from the show? from Family Matters ah. which is the same title as this trade paperback yes everything makes so much sense now I, I think I can well with Robert Kirkman because he seems to be a fan of so many things I am a fan of like he's a fan of all these different sitcoms and he puts all these sitcom references uh, all throughout these series uh, and he's a big fan of Savage Dragon so I think we have a little bit of kinship right there and maybe that's a, you know one reason that I've I've always really um, you know enjoyed his work uh, yeah, but Invincible basically like stands up to this bully, thro- like throws him against a locker, and this bully's like, "Oh shit!" And Invincible's like, "Yeah, don't don't mess with him, man." Uh, so of course, Invincible Invincible gets taken to the principal's office, and you know, in actually in the Invincible series, this principal, um, I, I don't know, and, and same thing in the in the uh, in the issue here, you see that his name of the principal is B N Winslow. Um, so his last name is Winslow. Carl Winslow was the uh, the father in the show Family Matters. They look pretty similar but in the series invincible what? yeah in the series invincible this character this principal character is literally played is voiced by reginald bell johnson who is uh carl winslow so again just no. yes see i'm opening your mind here i'm blowing your mind here with all this stuff what? yeah this is entirely new to yeah. me well yeah that's why i'm, I'm here so glad we're doing this episode. i'm playing the role of uh informative sidekick th- this week uh the, the role the tables are turned here Hashtag informative sidekick. <laughs> and uh, uh, I guess Principal Winslow here is, is laying into him. He's like, look, man, that, that boy was almost your size. It's not your responsibility to protect the other kids here. He says, you're not invincible, you know. And then you see Mark Grayson's face just light up and, and he's thinking, I got my name. I got my superhero la- name. Uh, we then go and see what is basically like a standard bank robbery of sorts. Uh, these bank bank uh, robbers are running away from the bank when suddenly Invincible appears uh, holding this car. He's like, oh, you it was their getaway car and he's like hey you guys looking for this and um yeah and 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 the the guy's like drop it you freak or we'll blow you away and he says i wouldn't try that i'm invincible and that is our very first issue uh we're gonna kind of like i said these issues are are kind of a breeze so i think we're gonna be able to get through these pretty quickly but i I, again i'm just kind of curious what was your overall feel for the introduction to to this character uh upon your first reading or perhaps now i don't know if your feelings are any different upon upon the reread here I mean, what what I love about this series and people might be thinking, oh, Mark is kind of just like speeding through it. Like this is very much a show. Don't tell comic. And I appreciated that. Yeah, I'm going through it about 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 the pace you would really read these like these are these go. Like I said, they're really fast reads. Like there, there are no heavy monologues. They talk like regular people. There's no giant right. exposition. So, I mean, this is really Robert Kirkman doing a, a lot of what he does in The Walking Dead, which is don't tell people what you're showing them. Just show them. And when they talk, make the dialogue and the, and the words actually sound like actual people. So, I mean, for that, 
it, it didn't seem like a big change at the time, but when you compare it to a lot of comics that are coming out on the stands at the same time as Invincible, it stands out very, very bigly. <laughs> very bigly indeed. Uh, moving on to issue two, chapter two of Family Matters. Uh, we start off with uh, basically we, we learn Omni-Man's origin. And we learn that he is uh, from this planet called Viltrumite, billions and billions of miles from here, where basically everyone looks exactly like a human. Uh, one thing that, that every Viltrumite seems to have, at least male Viltrumites, they all have mustaches, <laughs> just, just like uh, Omni-Man uh, Nolan Grayson does here. As a mustachioed American, I am totally okay with that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so were you inspired by Nolan Grayson's stash? Is that is that where this came from? Kind of, sort of, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying I grew it around the same time the series at Amazon. So was it Destiny? I don't know. Is it Destiny? Is it Fate? Um, And yeah, so we we basically learned that Viltrumites, at least according to Nolan's story here, Viltrumites have these superpowers and they are essentially like considered like to them, at least what he's what he's how he tells the origin story. They are protectors of the universe of of sorts here. Um, So uh, later on, we see again, uh, Mark is learning to fly and. Yeah, he, he basically just like wakes up in the middle of the night. He's like, man, I can fly. Screw this. Because his dad's like, hey, you got to be careful with your powers here. Like you're just you're just developing this stuff. Let me train you. Let me show you. Don't just don't just go, you know, go off and start doing all this stuff on your own. And of course, Mark, being a teenager, says, yeah, screw that. I'm, I'm, I can fly. I'm going to freaking fly. This is awesome. So he heads out flying around with no shirt and his pajamas on when he comes across this big blue dude uh, who fans of the series will recognize as Mahler, or I, I should say one of the Mahler twins. Mahler clones, whatever you want to call them, and uh, I, I, he, 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 and he, yeah, this is a little bit of a challenge for Mark. He does, he does, uh, you know, get a little, uh, get knocked around by the Mahler guy here, and then uh, who shows up but a group of teenage superheroes called the Teen Team. The Teen Team is led by this character Robot, uh, along with Rex, Splode, Duplicate, and. Adam Eve. Uh, I guess it's a spoiler because we already talked about Adam Eve and Invincible uh, in our favorite couples episode. They're one of my favorite couples, certainly not one of your favorite couples. But uh, but yeah, of course, uh, spoiler alert, they will become an item. I don't think that's that's a, a big mystery here. Wow. I do like that it is a pretty slow burn here because I think from the beginning, it's, it feels pretty obvious that they're going to get together, but it does not happen quickly at all. Um, again, this, this series takes takes you. It teases you. It shows you where it's going to go or where, you, where it wants you to think it's going to go, but it takes you on twists and turns along the way. It feels very sitcom me in the fact that it's like, you know, that she's obviously going to be the love interest, but they really prolong the whole will they won't they thing. Yeah, exactly. And they do it in a natural way. Like what I really like about this book is that the characters all really feel like real people. You know, that things really develop in a natural way, just like real relationships develop often in a natural way. Um, and, and it's something that's kind of stays true throughout this this series. I, I mean, I, I identify with Mark Grayson because I, too, also hit puberty at one point and things did change. <laughs> I didn't get superpowers, but things changed. It is very much, uh, you know, it is very much kind of runs parallel to, I think, what a lot of teens go through when they're just hitting hitting puberty. Um, you know, Mark's a couple years older than that, but he's going through his own uh, his own puberty of sorts here uh, by developing superpowers. 
Uh, these guys all all battle the Mauler, and the uh, Mark lands the final punch, uh, knocking him out. And uh, they're all like, "Hey, uh, nice job, kid. How, how you doing here? I guess I guess you're another hero." He's like, and uh, Adam Eve, <laughs> Adam Eve, like looks at Mark and just his his PJs and no shirt, and she's like, uh, "Yeah, n- n- nice costume, man." Uh, he's like, "Sorry, there wasn't a phone booth handy." M- Mark is a pretty witty character. I I, re- I really enjoy uh, his dialogue all throughout. Uh, but anyway, Robot introduces everybody. He's like, "Yeah, we're the team team. Uh, you know, we could probably use someone like." like you and uh but then, then they just take off and he's like okay bye bye uh next day at school mark is in school and he notices oh it's adam eve apparently she's been a classmate of his the whole time uh never really n- n- realized it but he's like oh yeah i i know you I-, I recognize you she doesn't do a good job at concealing her identity i mean her no not at all costume is just spanks yeah, no, she does. She doesn't wear a mask or anything. She's just, yeah. You think you think she'd have a little more of a you know secret identity here, but but she certainly does not. And yeah, she's basically yeah. She she's a super hot chick at school. I mean, and then Mark is uh well, he doesn't make it obvious that he's interested right away. But now, how could you not be? Look at Adam Eve. Um, should I be talking this way? I guess she, I guess she's in high school. Maybe I should move be. along. Anyway, <laughs> moving along. Um, yeah, and then uh, we uh, yeah basically they they talk they uh, basically like kind of um, they they become kind of fast friends. She's like you know what wh- what are we why are we going out here? Do you take the your the, the bus to your team's base? Because she's like yeah hey, we're gonna we're gonna take you all along to the, the team team. I can introduce you to the guys again. See what we do. She's like are you kidding me? I can fly. So they go off. They go flying around together. Uh, she brings him over to the the teen team's headquarters. Uh, where again he meets up with Robot, and uh, I, they hear that there's some there's some shit going down, so they, they run off, and uh, this other Mauler guy is uh, and actually I'm not sure where they run off to because they're not going to fight the Maulers here, but yeah they we see the Mauler, and um, he is basically I think yeah this is where we realize that there are there are two of them, and the the running joke with the Maulers is that. That one of them is a clone. One of them is the original. One of them is always the clone because one usually dies, then the, another one gets made. But for some reason, the way they do this process, when they come out of the cloning process, they both think they're the original because they're they're just basically copying the current mind and and body of the first one. So when they both you know kind of emerge, and this is something they play up in the series uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, they they both think they're the original one, and they both are always kind of like snipping at each other, like, well, maybe you would have done better if you weren't the clone. Um, and it's just something I, I really enjoy about these characters uh, that that at first seem to be just some other standard villains, but they actually become, you know, quite important characters uh, throughout this series. And uh, we do get a scene where they, they basically open this door and we see that it looks like they are building it, it, from from behind, it kind of looks like these are a bunch of versions of Robot, of that same Robot character uh, that we've already met. Um, and then Robot himself, yeah, okay, they were they were going to uh, find the Maulers. I think they like identified their base or something like that. I didn't take super detailed notes here, so I might, I might miss a detail here and there. Robot, Adam, Eve, Mark, they all fight the Mar- Maulers. Uh, they take them out, and Mark's like, and you know, um, you know, Robot's like, hey, uh, thanks for the help, Invincible. You seem to be pretty useful. I think you might want to, you know, stay around and, and help us out. And he's like, I'll think about it. Is it always this easy? Because <laughs> it really wasn't too tough to take down the Maulers here. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we are at the mall, the Twin Pines Mall, uh, where the this guy is sleeping on a bench. He wakes up. He says, man, where, where am I? What the heck? And he, he opens his shirt and he has this bomb strapped to him and the dun, bomb dun, explodes. Uh. Boom. And so now we're, we're finally starting to tie into, he looks exactly like the guy um, that we saw in the very first panel of issue one, but that does it for episode episode. Ah, it was, it's, it, it was, it was bound to happen uh, sooner or later. Ends. Yeah. Ever. Especially when we're talking about a series 
that has episodes <laughs> because there's currently uh, an animated series about it. But yeah, uh, moving on to issue three. It, let's see. Uh, so yeah, we, we're back at school and uh, uh, Principal Vel Johnson, I'll, I'll call him, Principal Winslow here. Oh, you know what? I, I didn't even realize this before. <laughs> yeah, this. so yeah, he's a huge Family Matters fan. The name of the high school, it's Reginald Vel Johnson High School. <laughs> My so he really God. couldn't be more more obvious about this. Eyes open. Yeah, your, your whole world is changing right before your eyes. And I imagine we're going to see a lot more of these references throughout the series as well. So far, the only one I noticed was that Reginald Vel Johnson was playing that, that principal character in the series but yeah essentially um there are a bunch of missing students and he you know he's like he's just basically giving a speech to the class telling them uh yeah a bunch of students are missing so so watch out for your shit <laughs> basically and uh yeah he's like and so yeah basically uh mark and adam eve they're in school and then we find out later on that eve is actually dating rexplode so that i think uh mark kind of realizes they're like oh, okay i guess uh i guess i'm not gonna get with this chick she's dating this other guy that has like exploding bombs come out from him uh then we go to this uh the scene where mark is at his job he's taking some shit from his boss and he's like you know what he's like and the boss is like go take out the trash i'll finish the fries man and he's like you know what i think i'll just quit and dead jerk and then he just storms off quits throws his uniform out and then we just see him outside and he's like shit dad's gonna kill me um but i I think for mark he's like what i'm a freaking superhero i can fly i have super strength like why should i sit around taking shit from this boss it kind of reminds me of that scene from the boys where homelander is at the rally and nobody wants him there so he imagines himself (laughs) lasering people instead of actually (laughs) doing it this is mark doing it but more politely yeah, so a less evil version of that, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, so um, uh, Mark is back at home uh, with his parents, talking to pops about flying and all this stuff. And and Dad's like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna take you out flying. We're gonna teach you how to how to really do this stuff." So they're they're flying around, flying around, flying flying around, and they go to grab some lunch. Um, and then they get a, they hear something. They hear, "Okay, there's there's some shit going down." And um, Omni Man says, "Hey, Mark, I'm gonna need your help on this one." So they fly away and they are battling these like these uh, aliens. These okay, so these are the Flaxons, and the Flaxons have like a, a pretty long storyline um, in in this in the series Invincible. And I think it was like issue issue. <laughs> here I go, I'm reversing it now. Episode two or three of the Invincible series, uh, where they 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 basically go through the entire Flaxon storyline, where they keep coming back because in the Flaxons universe, uh, time moves much differently. So every time they come back, this is in the series. It's it's in both, but it happens all in one one episode of the series. Every time they come back, they have all this new knowledge uh, because for time for them, it's been like 10 years, but it might be the next day in Invincible's world. So every basically every like villain, every standard looking, you know, villain or hero or alien or something, they all have some interesting little twist to them that it kind of like plays off a common comic book trope, but takes it in a different angle. What what do you just think of the concept of the Flaxons where they're here, they're trying to invade Earth, but every time they go back like 10 years passes and they they just come back as basically a, a completely different species with completely different you know completely different powers or not powers i should say but knowledge i should say yeah i mean the the faceless alien invading army trope has been something that is seen in almost every comic every publisher does it for for robert kirkman what he tries to do with the series and you see this with even the walking dead as a prime example that more people might be more aware of is he takes these concepts and these tropes that you're already pretty familiar with and he introduces them in a way that completely subverts your expectations so yeah the flaxons are basically this giant faceless alien 
Italian invading army, but by adding this component to them, it not only makes them seem like a real threat, but it actually adds a layer to them as a species that makes them stand out in a whole you know, multimedia world of faceless alien invading armies. Yeah. And, and in this particular initial battle uh, in this issue, uh, they're, they're doing pretty well, but they're getting overwhelmed just because there's so many of them. Uh, but then they just kind of start to like fall away uh, because they're they're aging, essentially. Um, I'm not sure if they really I don't think they actually really address it here in, the, in this part of the comic, but that, that it, they make it very obvious in the series. Uh, that's what's going on but here yeah the flaxons it, it's pretty obvious by looking at the art they are like that something's happening to them and then they just kind of escape through this portable this portal uh back to their own own dimension portable portal portable portals and uh yeah let's see so then uh invincible and pop are are flying home and they're flying away flying away flying away he's like you know does this happen all the time like is this what you're out here doing all the time and he's like no like it's not always just like that like that was actually not pleasant at all uh i I really didn't enjoy that one uh because they they were actually yeah they were actually getting defeated i like how like sometimes it's easy sometimes it's not but it it, you know it's not it's not just like a normal superhero story where they defeat the superhero they move on i like these little conversations we get when they're like holy shit was that some shit just went down there like what's going on and he's like yeah that fucking sucked man like it's not it's not all roses here uh being a superhero it's like yeah this is not fun this is not fun at all this is why I drink, Mark. Yeah. And then uh, they fly down. Uh, Nolan uh, is like realizes something's going on. I think he has superhero, uh, super hearing or something like that. He's like, oh, we got to go to the Lakeside Mall. So they fly on down to the mall and Omni-Man gets there so much sooner because like Mark's powers are still developing. This is another thing I, I really enjoy of uh, the series. You see like he has powers from the beginning, but they're not. He's not quite at Omni-Man level at all because uh, he's still a puberty. teenager. Yeah, hashtag superhero puberty. And yeah, Omni-Man just gets there way faster. And you can see like Mark struggling to try to fly and catch up. Uh, Basically, Omni-Man gets in there, grabs this guy that has the bomb on him and just throws him out out of there. And the guy blows up. And uh, right as as they are like realizing this, he's like, oh, my God, Dad, that was that was one of the missing students from my school. So and then Omni-Man's like, oh, well, that would mean that. Huh? And then suddenly a portal opens up (laughs) and a flaxen just like puts some he looks like he put something on his head and just disappears. And so right here, we end this issue with Omni-Man being taken away off to another dimension. Uh, then Mark goes home and he's like, um, yeah, so uh, actually he's like, man, his mom's like, man, you guys are, are really late. Like, I I guess you guys are both going to be late all the time, just like your dad is now. And he's like, well, actually, uh, dad was sucked into a portal about 15 minutes ago. Uh, I don't think he's going to be home tonight. It was these aliens we had to f- fight earlier today. I- I'm sure he's fine. And she kind of pauses for a minute. She's like, all right, well, I guess that's more pork, pork chops for us. <laughs> and that that ends uh, issue three of Invincible. What did you think of um, Mark Grayson's mom's kind of like non-reaction to Omni-Man being like taken to another dimension? Like, it's not that she doesn't care. It's just like it's obvious that like she's seen this before. Like, she's like, all right, he'll, he'll be gone for some amount of time and then he'll he'll defeat them. And I guess he'll come back. It's fine. We'll, we'll eat some more pork chops tonight. I don't know what episode it was that you and I did where we were talking about like what, what it's like to be a civilian in, in a comic book world of superheroes. But mm-hmm. like, could you imagine how exhausting it must be? And for something like this, she would she would probably actually just say exactly what she said. Oh, this is just an average Tuesday for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we start off issue four uh, with Invincible showing up uh, to Robot. Robot, uh, Robot is, is working on some stuff. 
And uh, he, and uh, I, I'm just gonna read. I, I love the way Robot talks, and I think they really nail how I picture his voice in in the animated series. Uh, but Robot's like remarkable. The game box processor <laughs> they were using a game box processor is so advanced that it could operate this machine for years without with a burnout rate of less than ten percent. Had we not stopped the Mahler twins before they activated them, they would have been nearly unstoppable. Fascinating, simply fascinating. Uh, and he's like, "Hello, Invincible. What, what can I do for you?" I, I always love the way that Robot talks, and this is a character that really seems again just like everybody else in this series seems simplistic at first he just seems like this hyper intelligent robot guy and he is um i'm not going to spoil it but this character goes through a lot of different changes uh throughout this series and i'm just going to leave it at that because i don't want to spoil this whole whole series never trust a person with a man bun and never trust a robot with a man bun <laughs> i never thought about that as a man bun yeah he has this giant like screw type thing on the back of his head and yeah it's it, it basically is <laughs> a robot man it's- bun it is a yeah. I mean, it's how have you not seen that before? That's what's always bugged me about Robot. I'm like, no wonder he's the leader of the teen teens. He's like, hello, teens. I also am like you. I have a man bun. This will only be appropriate for 2014, <laughs> 16. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I obviously noticed the physical object there, but I, I never just thought of it as a man bun. But you have opened my eyes too, Ramso. You're Hashtag opening my eyes today. Robot man bun. <laughs> all about the hashtags today and yeah uh, uh invincible's like dude i gotta talk to adam eve have you have you seen her and he's like uh yeah even rex are out in a mission right now like you probably don't want to bother them he's like shit i really gotta talk to her he's like he's like do you want me to leave her a message <laughs> like he's a like a living answering machine here and he's like uh dude you know she's dating he doesn't say dude because he's a robot he's like well you know she's dating rex right he's like yeah it's not about that i'm not here to get on her or anything he's like it's these mall bombings he's like this is gonna sound weird but i think someone is turning kids from our high school into human bombs and robot just casually says oh yeah yeah i know <laughs> like, yeah, I, figured, I figured this out like day like immediately like what, what, what are you talking about he's like well okay uh well all right uh, it's late and all but I, I just wanted to let her know he's like wait wait what you already knew that he's like oh yeah i found the residue at the blast site it indicated that the timing mechanisms and the bombs were organic in nature more than likely human circulatory systems providing the cal catalyst from that it was merely processed of elimination to determine the age and relation of the human beings uh humans that are being used as bombs he's like i didn't know they were all from your particular school though but i would have figured that eventually he's like oh uh <laughs> okay cool so you Fucking got that public out. education <laughs> yeah right uh so then uh adam eve and rex blowed uh, and show up and he's like yeah i think the the mall bombings are connected to those missing kids at our school and rex blowed who's just an asshole um he's just a total prick in, in this and and they really capture his his prickness in this in the series as well um, what do you think of the character of rex blowed he's kind of a prick mark kind he's of a, total a prick. prick anyone yeah. named uh, rex is kind of a prick <laughs> i think that's just a rule do you know any Rexes in real life? I don't think I've ever met a Rex. I've met one. And guess what? what? He was a prick, too. <laughs> uh, if there are any Rexes listening right now, I just want to tell you, we do not discriminate against Rexes. We are we are certain that there are very many nice Rexes out there, especially if they listen to this program. But in general, not some kind bad of advice. Prickish. You might want to avoid Rexes. That's all I'm saying. In general. Unless they're fans of the show, then they're probably really cool and really nice. That's all. Uh, I'm trying... I, I'm looking it up right now. It's been bothering me this whole time that I've been watching the show. And I, I'm sure I'm when I read it right now, as I do live research, live with us in the moment here, uh, that I'm I'm going to realize who it was the whole time. But or maybe you know. Who who voices Rex Blode in the show? He's the guy. Okay, did you see John Wick 3? No. Oh, okay. I only first saw John Wick just like very recently. Like, Gosh damn it, Mark. Have you seen the good place? <laughs> I'm behind. 
The Good Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Okay. Remember uh, J- Janice or Janet? Janet. Yeah, yeah. Remember when Janet makes herself a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. That's the guy. Okay. So that is Rexplode Jason Mazukas. Okay. Now I don't feel bad because I actually don't recognize his name, but when I pull up his picture, I yeah, okay. Oh, this guy. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yep. He was yep. also the drug is. dealer and dirty grandpa. Yep, yep. Well, I'm saying yep, yep, like I would have recognized that reference. I have actually seen Dirty Grandpa. My God. Don't tell me you like that movie, Remzo. Please don't. I if that's what you're going to tell me, let's just move on so we can stay friends here. I, I, I watched it because I like De Niro. I'm okay with you of having watched it. I just have a problem if you will tell me it's a good movie. There, I'm not going to say it's a good movie. There's some funny parts. Like if it was on TV and I had a beer, I would probably watch it. If there was no other thing on TV and I had no internet. Is there any movie that wouldn't qualify for you to watch it if you were just having a beer and it came on? I've seen Wonder Woman 84 three times, Mark. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it's for the best of us for, uh, for, for this podcast relationship to continue. For that everybody. We, that we just move on for, for everyone involved. We yeah. all have flaws. Um, but yeah, that, that makes sense because he's one of this actor. It's one of those guys that's in a bunch of stuff, but I never knew his name. And I'm probably going to forget his name after this. But yeah, that that is where I know that voice. He's like Paul Giamatti in the 90s. He's everywhere. We just never notice him. Yeah, he's in all sorts of stuff. Um, cool. So moving along here, where were we? Or were we before I got off on this Rexplode tangent? Um, yeah, so basically, um, yeah, basically this, what it turns out that this, uh, this physics teacher, they, they find out that he is, at the end of the day, he's killing these popular kids to avenge his son, who was like this bullied kid. It's this, it's this professor, uh, professor, professor Hines or what, what have you, I guess. And uh, yeah, they figure out who it is. They take him out. And again, that's basically uh, the end of that issue. So. There we go. Uh, oh yeah, and, and then this is where it ties back in all the way back to uh, to the the first panel where where uh, Invincible is. He's flying this kid away, and he's and he just throws the guy, and the guy explodes. And that, then he says the same line: "If I keep this up, I'm going to give myself a heart attack." Uh, so tying right back in uh, to that that very first issue. Uh, then Invincible lands. Uh, we get a nice little shot of uh, of Eve here that I'm I'm not going to describe because I'm already feeling too creepy about about her. And <laughs> and uh, yeah, and basically at the end here. Uh, they're basically at home having dinner and who shows up? It's Omni-Man. He's back. And they're like, uh, Hey, what's been going on here? He's like, well, uh, yeah, I was enslaved for about eight months, uh, by an army from an alternate dimension. Although it seems much less time has passed here. So it's only been a couple days, maybe in Invincible's world, but for Nolan, uh, as I mentioned, time works totally differently in the Flaxen's world. So it's been eight months for him. And he's like, yeah, I spent the last eight months enslaved by an army from an alternate dimension. Although it seems much less time has passed here. About a week ago, I led a revolt against my captors and regain control of my powers. Today, a team of scientists from the rebellion found a way to get home. He's like, all right. And she's like, that's nice. Who's ready for dessert? <laughs> like, like it, this story doesn't phase her at all. I, I just, this is like just one of the things I, I really love about this series and about this character in particular, um, um, Mark's mom here. What is her name? Why? I feel like I'm really degrading her. Not, not naming I know her, but, who the actress um, is in the show. I don't even know that. Who's the actress? Sandra O oh from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who she is. Um, but yeah, but uh, I, I just enjoy the way that they talk about these superhero heroics. It's almost just like 
it's as mundane as any other family, how any other family might talk about how was work today. Oh, well, you know, I did, I filled out some forums. Uh, my boss is kind of a dick and, you know, anyway, I'm back home for dinner. Uh, that That's exactly the same way that they talk about Nolan being enslaved for eight months, uh, leading an army, etc. So that does it for the first trade paperback, the first issue, the first issue. Yeah, the first issue, first, first set of issues. There we go. I, I recovered that one uh, of Invincible. What do you think of this very first story arc here known simply as Family Matters? It, it gives you everything you want, even though you didn't think you wanted it. It's simple, but it's sweet in a way that it's going to give you these surprises that are not drastic, but they're different enough to keep you wanting more. And this is definitely a series that subverts expectations. The The one thing that I've definitely realized, not only watching you know these stories on screen on the Amazon show and getting to talk about them here, is that this is a lot more like Rick and Morty than I ever really imagined. Maybe it was like the proto for that. So if you're into Rick and Morty and you have not either watched the Invincible show on Amazon right now, which I highly, highly recommend. I even did a Remso rant on it for Patreon. Uh, you should definitely either pick up the trade back and see it on the on page or at least check out the new show. I got a challenge on this one. I'm not. I'm not seeing the Rick and Morty here. Where, where are you seeing the connections? I, I love both shows, but I, I wouldn't call them that similar. Maybe I, I, I would something. say that they kind of call things out like on the nose. There's like a, a lot of on the nose dialogue. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. They, they they point out like how strange their powers work and the fact that you know the, these heroes actually kill people. Like Mark, accent. Well, he doesn't like intentionally like, murder people, but people, but like supervillains will get killed by these heroes and they kind of just shrug it off and it's one of those moments where it's like you know on rick and morty you'll have like these giant like fight scenes and then they go off and have dinner or something and it's kind of like that and with that last scene with omni man you're, you're gonna see repeat moments like that for mark and other characters where it's like all all this crazy shit just happened but for them it's just like yeah it's just kind of normal much like uh um uh the the smiths and in uh in, in rick and morty they just kind of just get used to it after a while yeah and uh one thing to keep in mind throughout this series is that almost every character you meet even ones that seem like throwaway characters throwaway villains like the flaxons it seems like we're done with the flaxons here in issue three we're not they come back as i as i already kind of spoiled just keep it in mind throughout the series uh, and i assume the animated series will probably be similar in some ways uh everybody matters uh <clears throat> essentially it's very similar to Savage Dragon in that way. Again, uh, Robert Kirkman, very clearly inspired by that. Uh, events, uh, battles that seem random and maybe are random at the time, they always tie back into something. Uh, so that's something to just keep in mind throughout this. And here in this scene, uh, this opens up. Uh, th- by the way, this trade paperback number two is called Eight is Enough. Remzo, have you ever seen the show Eight is Enough? That was the show? <laughs> yes. All of these trade paperbacks are named after actual sitcoms that existed. That's a genuine question. I Yeah. This is a, this is probably all before your time. I knew Family Matters, everything else. Like I'm I'm looking through the through the catalog right now. I I recognize half. Yeah. This is one I was like I was familiar with, but I I wasn't really I didn't really watch this one too much. I just know that it's a sitcom. Oh, is it is it the one about that guy that moves into into the apartment with those two girls, Three's Company? No, that's Three's Company. <laughs> oh, which, yeah, which I which I believe becomes another uh, one of these. Uh, I think it's a title of one of these later trades too. Uh, yeah, I think this is basically like uh, almost like a, a Brady Bunch redux. It's like uh, a dude marries. Uh, no, it's a family with eight children. Yeah, it's just a family with eight children. I think it's just that simple. There's just a, they have six kids. Well, as Owen Wilson would say, wow. Wow. All right. Wow. So anyway, 
This is title eight and eight is enough. And in the first scene here, Mark gets a call from his dad. He's like, Mark, I, there's some shit going down. I need to talk to you. Uh, I just got alerted to this major baddie, bad, bad guy coming into our solar system. He's straight, headed straight for Earth. I fought this guy before. He's not out of your league, uh, but he's going to be the toughest guy you face so far. He's like, all right, man, I'm not, I'm not worried. What do you want me to do? And uh, he's like, he's like, just beat. The, you know, I, I skipped over something earlier when Invincible actually got the costume that he liked. But anyway, that's he got the blue and, and yellow costume from uh from what's his name? I don't know his name. The guy, the guy, the cost. The, he's just a superhero. Super cool tailor dude. Super cool tailor guy. Uh, yeah. So he pulls his costume out and he goes off to space and he flies up into space. He's looking around. He's like, okay, now what do I do? Oh yeah. Uh, another thing I like too. He's like, uh, Dad, uh, but like, can I just fly into space? Like, uh, I don't have to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's like. Oh, God, idiot. He's like, no, just take a deep breath. He's like, he's like, Mark, I go into space and I don't breathe for weeks. Like, no, you're you're fine. Just take a deep <laughs> breath and you'll be good. Uh, so he goes up and Mark is just thinking to himself. He's like thinking, now what? And then suddenly he gets nailed from behind and this alien uh, who is Alan the alien, who uh, if anybody's seen the series, I think he appears in like episode two. And he, he says like, you're early, but he's saying it in his mind. Uh, and he says, oh, wait, you're new too. I don't know. You're the new guy. Huh? Not bad. And they're battling each other, battling each other. And and at some point, Mark is like, wait, why? Because these are all thought bubbles we're reading. And then Mark is like, wait, why, why can I hear you in my head? <laughs> He's like, and the alien's like, well, if you know a better way to communicate in space, I'd love to hear it. He's like, this always gives me a massive headache. Like, I hate doing this. He's like, and you speak English? She's like, yeah, of course I speak English. And so Mark hits him. He's like, nice one. Uh, and he's like, do you think this is a game? And Alan's like, no, absolutely not. He's like, you're, you're quite a talker here. Uh, actually, as much as I don't love Seth Rogen in his personal life, uh, I, I, I always find him hilarious. And I think he does an awesome job uh, voicing Alan the alien uh, in the series. You know, for a guy who destroyed Green Hornet, I'm glad that he's getting this redeeming moment as Alan the alien. Yeah, I mean, he... He plays Alan the alien. I, I will say this of pretty much all the characters in the series. Like the voices are are almost like exactly how I would picture these characters' voices. Um, yeah, so uh, he gets knocked back into the earth, and then uh, Invincible's like, oh, okay, cool, I can breathe, I needed that. He's like, all right, going back up. <laughs> and uh, Alan's like, shit, not again. And Mark just like throws him against the, m the moon, and he's like, what, what were you saying earlier about my predecessor? He's like, you mean the previous champion? He's like, what What are you talking about? He's like, your champion, the one you replaced, you know, the one that was chosen to guard your world. I'm beginning to think you're not that great of a replacement, man. He's like, okay, just stop fighting. Can we, can we talk this over or something? He's like, well, and Alan says, well, you are entitled to one time out, technically. He's like, okay, let's start with that. How am I entitled to anything? Like, what's going on here? He's like, <laughs> I love this whole issue, uh, this whole conversation between them. He's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Didn't they explain it to you? Don't, don't you know? He's like, why don't you just assume I don't know anything? He's like, okay, God, they didn't prepare you at all, these guys. All right, so, and they had the schedule well in advance. I don't even know where to begin. Anyway, I'm basically like a, a public servant. Uh, it's sort of hard to explain. I, I guess it's because I've never had to, to explain this before because everyone just knows what's going on. Uh, I'm, I'm a champion evaluation officer. He's like, okay, uh, I'm now more confused. What the, what the hell is a champion evaluation <laughs> officer? He says, all right, look, I work for the Coalition of Planets. Each planet in the Coalition assigns a champion, someone whose sole job is to defend the planet against minor orbital threats and, and whatnot. General stuff, really. And my job is to go from planet to planet on these scheduled encounters with their champions to test them. And I end up hitting each planet once every three years. We do a little fighting, and I report back as to whether or not you're up to the Coalition standards. He said, it's also a really good training exercise for the champions. Uh, I got a backlog of planets requesting my services. You're, you're really quite lucky, actually. I don't get an adjust in my schedule for another 50 
50 years. And he's like, why would we sign up for that? This doesn't make any sense. Like most people on my planet don't even acknowledge that aliens exist and they definitely aren't signing up for inter <laughs> interplanetary committees. Like, well, what are you talking about? And then Alan's like, what are you talking about? I've got the paperwork right here. See, Urath. It says it right here, Urath. And Mark's like, Urath? What the hell is Urath? This is Earth. And then Alan just looks at the thing. He's like, Oh yeah! Oh oh crap! Oh. He's like I I have wasted 15 years on this planet. The Urathians must be so pissed off. I haven't even showed up once. He's like crap! I got an evaluation coming up in 20 years. <laughs> in 20 years, he's like man, they're really gonna be on my case for this. <laughs> this whole conversation is just absolutely hilarious. Uh, I think in the in the series it's it's a lot shorter than this, but the 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 longer drawn out version in issue five of Invincible is just is just awesome. And he's like, all right, well, sorry to break the news to you, man, but uh, you know, anyway, he's like, yeah, I, I gotta get out of here anyway. He's like, cool. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for the help. My name's Alan. Didn't catch yours. Like, my name's Invincible. He's like, all right, see you around. And then Mark turns around. He's like, whoa, because they were actually on the moon at this point. He turns around, just sees Earth, and he's just like, whoa, shit, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, and then Mark shows up back at home, and he's like, uh, you know, Alan's like, oh, uh, or Omni Man's like, yo, hey, how'd that all go? He's like, yeah, he's not going to be back. Turns out he's been coming to the wrong planet this whole time, uh, every three years or for nearly fifteen years. Uh, I'm glad I took the time to actually talk to him. He's like, oh. Damn, son, I'm impressed. I wish you had been around the first time I fought him because I've just been going and fighting this guy every once in a while and we never said a word. And then he just leaves. He's like, all right, well, anyway, I got school tomorrow. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> and uh, after he goes to bed, he's like, wow. And uh, Mrs. Mrs. Grayson, man, I, I sometime I'm going to find out her name here. Mrs. Grayson, he says, sounds to me like someone sitting at this table should start using his brains a little more often than his brawn. And Omni Man's like, oh, come on. How was I supposed to know? He's like, well, our son knew. He's like, beginner's luck. Uh, then Mark goes back to his room. He sees a poster for Science Dog on the wall. I'm not sure if you know, the original first comic that Robert Kirkman presented and pitched to Eric Larson was a comic book called Science Dog. So whenever we see a reference to Science Dog in this, it is an actual comic that Robert Kirkman uh, was trying to create and pitch to Image, but they never, they never ended up publishing. We have never recorded an episode where I have learned so many new random things than this one, and I was not expecting it. <laughs> you're, usually, you're usually the one teaching me stuff. Yeah, you're, you're usually the one teaching me obscure facts that I didn't know. But the tables have been turned in this one, my friend. Wow. Um. All right, moving on to chapter two. This is where it gets con confusing reading the trades because the trades break everything up into four chapters. So this is chapter two of Invincible Volume Two, uh, but it's issue five of the, I'm sorry, issue issue six. Issue six. Okay. Yeah, issue six of the series. Damn trade back changes. Mark is training and uh, with Omni Man, they're like throwing baseballs around the world, <laughs> basically. And uh, they're they kind of have this conversation. He's like, and Mark's like, uh, or Nolan's like, dude, um, uh, I gotta I gotta say like. When I got captured by those aliens, like you called me dad, like you can't go doing that shit. You can't call me dad. People figure out I'm your dad. They're going to figure out who I am, who we are. They're going to come after our family. Like we're superheroes, which is funny here because like the, at least Invincible has like a mask on like Omni-Man is just Omni-Man. Like, <laughs> like it's pretty obvious who he is. Same thing with Adam Eve. Uh, so these aren't exactly secret identities, but he's like, look, you, you can't just go call me dad. It's like, all right, it's like, I, okay. I get it because like my, my dad and I were in the army at the same time. So I go in as oh, a second wow. lieutenant. That's gotta be my dad well my dad was a lieutenant colonel when i commissioned so it's like we're out in public it's like yes this is my father but otherwise it was like i had to call him sir and it was just one of those weird things where it's like this is an odd change of pace isn't it 
Mm-hmm. So back then I laughed. Now I grow up and it's like, oh, I kind of get it. Uh, yeah. So uh, Mark's buddy, William, shows up and uh, he's like, all right, let's hit the road. We're going to go check. They're going to go check out this uh, this school like Upland State University because Mark is uh, going to be going to college pretty soon. Uh, so because Mark is away, Nolan's got the day off, doesn't have any baddies to fight, decides to spend the day fucking his wife. <laughs> oh, they are rocking it. Oh, yeah. They are. They are really rocking it. The whoosh, the whoosh, the, the superheroes, the superhero fucking is on shaking the neighborhood. The HOA's getting calls. Yeah, this is a, this will be an explicitly marked episode, obviously. Um, then uh, we see robot with the teen team and he's explaining to the team team, the teen team say that seven times fast, uh, that he is invited to the guardians of the globe, uh, which is basically like the justice league of the invincible universe here. And uh, because of that, like he, he, there's no way he has the bandwidth to both lead the teen team and to be a member of the guardians of, of the globe. So he is disbanding the teen team. So um, not long after we met these guys, they're already being, being disbanded did you shed a tear for the the death of the team team (laughs) (laughs) that's funny really that's funny i guess not okay yeah (laughs) uh we then meet the character black samson and uh we we see his butler coming up his butler named sanford and uh he's on the phone he's like and he's saying like yeah i just want to see how things are coming along why is it with these characters who are black they usually always have to take a name and then put black in front of it like why can't he just be samson that's a good question. I don't know. It's a damn anyway, question. let's move on and never get back to that again. I don't know. Samson doesn't have the same ring to it. Samson doesn't sound that intimidating, but black Samson. Now that's scary. You don't have white Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> white Omni-Man. Yeah, no. I guess I'm white Iron Man, but why can't you just be Iron Man? Because I'm also white. But 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 yeah. like why? Because <laughs> Because comics, there it is. Oh my gosh, it's like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh my gosh, it's a Black Falcon. I'm not Black Falcon, <laughs> yeah, I'm just Falcon. That's literally are, you a like, scene. are you like Black Kid? <laughs> <laughs> that scene was great. Black Falcon. Kid, I'm not Black Falcon, I'm Falcon. Come on. What do they call you? Just Black Kid? And uh, Black Samson is on the phone here. He's asking about uh, his suit because uh, apparently he was a former member of the Guardians of the Globe. Uh, they revoked his membership because he lost his powers. He's like, I'm completely useless. I need this suit. I got to get back in the game. I haven't been. <laughs> it's been you need two more days to do safety testing. Like, what is this shit? Uh, so we we don't know who he's talking to exactly there. But Black Samson uh, wants his suit. Then we go and Mark is visiting this college with William. And this is something uh, pretty funny. And well. One thing is funny. He's like, God damn, how, how come none of the girls in high school are this hot? <laughs> it's like, well, something you learn in college. Uh, a lot of the girls take, take a little bit of leap at that age. Um, uh, but uh, uh, there's like a funny running trope throughout this uh, with William. Like people want to call him other things. Like uh, this one lady's like, oh, hey, I'm Mrs. Thatcher. I'm your orientation officer. He's like, uh, oh, you must be Mark and William. Can I call you Will? And he's like, no, no, William is fine. Uh, and then, then later in this issue, um, <laughs> Later in the actually, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to that. But uh, we actually have a scene here. Now this is issue six, uh, mind you, and um, it was issue one where we saw Mark throw the trash bag and get his powers. Now in issue six, we're here in London. It's obviously London because we see Big Ben and this guy's just like walking his dog outside, and then suddenly crash! This this like this like trash bag lands on the ground, and he's like, "Hey, what what is this, eh?" And he's like, "Burger Mart." And it's just this random scene where we finally see this trash bag come down like three days later, which seems a little unrealistic because I mean I know he's through the thing, but like really this all this be... shit happens, and that's the most unrealistic. Yeah, like like since then, Omni Man has been uh, spent eight months of in Flaxen World. Like all this shit is. Happened. 
happened. He battled Alien the Alien, and then this this bag kind of finally comes down. So a little silly, but it did make me laugh as as many things in this series uh often do. Um, yeah, then we get another another scene where some dude's like, oh, I'm David. I'm Mrs. Astor's assistant. You must be uh, Mark and William. Uh, can I call you Bill? <laughs> He's like, no, it, it's, it's William, actually. Not just, just William. He's like, okay, William it is. Um, he's like, all right, uh, no need to apologize. He's like, well, well you could have fooled me. He's like, <laughs> and this is like, I, I got to think, like, this is, this has to be something with, like, Robert Kirkman projecting because his name is Robert and I have to imagine and he, he likes to be called Robert uh, so, but I have to imagine throughout his life he's probably had people like oh can I call you Rob Robbie Bob Bobby and he's probably always like no my name's Robert like no <laughs> so I, I got to imagine this that he has that Robert Kirkman is is basically channing channeling himself through William right here I, I got to think with a name like Remzo you don't get that very often I had people <laughs> you, call- can I call you Remzo Rooney I've, I've had people try and do stupid shit like that like Remy was a big one Remy. um you know it was oh, it was man. it was that i don't know why like oh it was after that stupid movie ratatouille came out <laughs> fucking rat that's a i don't know if you believe in synchronicity or not but i just ate ratatouille for the first time for dinner tonight we need to move on before it gets too weird yeah it's getting too weird i agree uh moving along from ratatouille uh I, in my notes i just have meanwhile mart omni man and his wife are fucking like mad <laughs> so he, they're really enjoying the day off from having their son at home which i imagine is you know i, I imagine that happens with real life couples like uh, they get a rare moment away from their kids and it's like all right back to recapture our youth uh, let's see so yeah they're in college uh just chilling out checking this college when suddenly uh, someone that I labeled scary robot monster guy bursts through the wall and it's invincible time because Mark's just like, hey, William, take cover. I got to get out, get out of here. And then he's like, Mark, what? Where'd you go? And then suddenly invincible shows up and he's like, everyone get out of the way. Uh, invincible then battles this robot and uh, defeats him pretty easily. Actually, he doesn't actually defeat him. The robot just kind of explodes, I think. Yeah. Uh, and this chick is like in Mark's arms <laughs> and then he's like, he, he was lunging right at me. He's like, I don't think so. I think we were all just in the way. Is everyone all right? And they're like, oh, this this man needs an ambulance uh mark's like everything's under control i, I guess i'll be ambulance <laughs> he's like I, I guess i'll be going now and uh and then like a second later uh mark shows back up and he's like oh william oh thank god you're safe i had to go and try to find help he's like yeah uh dude why didn't you tell me you had superpowers <laughs> which is just another it's another one of those things where they're playing on a comic book trope of people like not knowing like you know when the when the guy disappears shows up a second later in the costume like we always see with superman or spider-man or what have you no one ever figures it out uh, even like their girlfriends or what have you, but in this one, uh, William immediately figures it out. He's like, "Yeah, you you disappeared." <laughs> he's a, he's able to figure out who Mark is with a mask on, but no one can tell who Eve is. Yeah, and no one can tell who Omni Man is. <laughs> like uh it's absurd but it's hilarious at the same time uh yeah and i like how he's just like no dude like obviously you just you just disappeared and, sh- and some other guy looks exactly what? like you in a costume shows up and then you come back a second later like come on so obvious uh meanwhile back at home omni man is continuing to fuck the shit out of his wife <laughs> has this been for a full issue yeah yeah this is the whole issue they, they have been fucking while well. mark's been at college wow. uh then uh mark walks in he's like oh Oh my God, I'm not. I'm, and they're all dressed, by the way. Like they heard him coming in, and they, because he's a superhero, he gets them dressed real quick. And he's like, "Oh, I, I'm not prepared to deal with this. Uh, I, I'm gonna be upstairs uh, until I move out." And then she looks like, um, she, and she her mom, his mom looks down and sees the tag on her shirt, and he's like, "You idiot! You put my shirt on backwards." He's like, "Sorry, I was in a hurry." So that that's how I Mark knew what was going on because they were acting <laughs> weird and and saw that her shirt was on backwards. Uh, then um, Omni Man gets a phone call. 
And uh, next scene, next thing you know, we're over at the tailor shop with uh, superhero tailor guy. And he's saying, look, I, I, would, I was developing the suit that would restore Black Samson's powers. Like, you know what happened, right? He's like, yeah, the Guardians, the Guardians of the Globe said they had to let him go. He's like, yeah, well, apparently he wanted back in so bad that he he contracted me to build a super suit. But now it's gone. Like somebody took the suit. They kicked out the only black guy. Yeah, it's like they knocked me out before I even knew uh, they had broken in. But you now I don't really deal with supervillains. This place isn't exactly common knowledge. So uh, his and his suit was the only thing stolen. So I, I got to think it was him. But but I don't know. He's like, all I know is for sure that someone who is crazy enough to break in here and rob me is roaming free out there with this suit that gives them the power to level cities. And it's all my fault. So he's, he's a little concerned about this. Then we see a scene. We see Adam Eve uh, landing uh, in. It looks like the team team's oh, headquarters. She says, is anyone here? And she has a shocked look on her face. She says, no, no, no. And she's just crying and crying and crying, like ending the episode. So uh, ending the issue. There we go again. I, I'm going to defend myself here because we're talking about a series that is currently out in actual can't episodes. Can't defend it. So, can't, can't justify it. Don't go there. Don't try I that. Can't. So so we don't know what Eve has seen yet. We're going to find that out uh, very shortly. But we, we find it out in the comic, uh, in the series as well. Uh, all right. Moving on to issue seven. I told you, like th- these issues fly. Um, yeah, so, uh, let's see, uh, Mark is just sleeping in bed, uh, yeah, and, and he's sleeping in for once, because he's, he's had a week of doing superhero shit, like, he's exhausted. Puberty takes a bite out of you. Yeah, we then, we then take a tour, basically, around... We, we basically in this issue we spend meeting the guardians of the globe. Uh, so the first guy we meet is this guy, Darkwing, and actually, is Darkwing... No, Darkwing's not a black guy. I thought Darkwing might have been a black guy too. Uh, yeah, Darkwing. Why? Because his name is uh, Darkwing. I, how did I is know? That, you're is say that, that why they need to name him Black Darkwing? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not called White Darkwing, so I don't know. Oh. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, Darkwing is on the case. He stops these uh, stops these villains. Uh, blah 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 blah. There, there's really not a lot to these scenes, uh, but we're basically like spending two or three pages meeting each uh, of the Guardians of the Globe. And uh, one thing I love about Darkwing is the name. I mean, he these. Each of these characters is basically like uh, a replica or maybe a parody, you might want to say, or an homage, whatever you want to say, of, of some member of the of DC's Justice Black League. So Darkwing Batman. is Black Batman. Dark Darkwing is is uh, obviously Batman, not Black Batman, just Batman. And Batman White Batman, but Black <laughs> White Man. And uh, I love that his name his 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 butler is named Belvedere, which again I feel is just another Robert Kirkman sitcom reference. Have you ever seen the show Mr. Belvedere, Remzo? No. Man, you have so much to learn. You have so much to learn about 80 sitcoms. I just found out that Cheers was not entirely about Kirstie Alley and Woody, <laughs> and, Woody and, and that she wasn't even in it for the first two seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm opening your eyes. You, I'm going to, we have to start a new sec, a new podcast. Uh, second, second look sitcoms or something like that, because I, I, have, I have so much to teach you about the world of sitcoms. Wow. Maybe we'll actually do a sitcom dedicated episode someday. We'll see. But first things first, we got to get back to the Guardians of the Globe here. Uh, and yeah, his, and, and then Darkwing's butler's name is Belvedere, which I just love. Uh, let's see. We next meet the Red Racer, who uh, we, we see him like stopping a bunch of crimes. Uh, we don't really see him. We just see this like flash of, of light, basically. Like this girl gets her cat back. This this you now bank robbery gets stopped, yada, yada, yada. And then we see him on a date with this chick. And she's like, you bastard. You tried to go. Did you just like, I just looked away for a second and you came and you're back in your outfit. He's like, oh shit. I forgot. To, I've got to change back. He's like, you just try to do superhero shit in the middle of our date. It's like, yeah, well, you know what it happens? I, I got to do what I got to do here. Uh, so we, we meet the red. Racer. I'm sorry. I have great power and great responsibilities. MJ. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm sorry. I got triggered. Her. They're on a date. It's not like he's battling maximum carnage here. He's just saving kitties and shit. I mean, you know, he could have probably spent some more time on his date to be honest. Cat lives matter. Um, 
like Darkwing, uh, each of these characters gets like a call at the end from the Guardian. Like, it's a Guardians of the Globe priority alert to return to base immediately. So he just heads off. His his girlfriend's kind of sad. He's like, oh, I love you too, whatever. Uh, we then meet <laughs> War Woman. Obviously, she's Wonder Woman. And she's waking up naked in bed where she was. Uh, and we see some chick that she was just, I guess, sleeping with. Um, particularly in this scene, I really do notice um, like this art re- really reminds me of Eric Larson's art. Um, the art by uh, what is it? Corey Walker. Corey Walker. Is that his name? I forgot his name. I'll get back to it. Not um, Ryan Otley. No, Ryan Otley is who comes in um, later. Yeah. He, yeah. Later. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, this, it's, it's very Kirby inspired, which I think is what the real inspiration is. It's very Jack Kirby. It, it really stands out here with this character, I think, because he kind of looks like Dark Darkseid, this guy that, that bursts in. And he's like, he's like, you will return with me to the other realms, War Woman. Your place is not among these mortals. Your mother is worried about you. He's like, how many times do I have to tell my mom I go where I please? And she turns into War Woman, battles this thing, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets the same alert, has to go off and uh, leave her, her lesbian lover here. Uh, we then meet another guy. We don't see we don't learn his name till later when an Omni-Man is, is, I think, till next issue, actually. But his name is Aquarius. He's basically just like a fish dude in Atlantis. He's like the ruler of Atlantis. He also gets a little alert, and he says, finally, some action. He swims off. We don't, we don't really see too much from him. Uh, we then see these two Looks creatures like the real battling. Aquaman. No one gives yeah. a shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, someday we are going to look at Eric Larson's run on Aquaman, which is not highly praised, but that I I remember enjoying. But again, this the is- the giant you know, hook hand. Because the giant hook hand, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I love Hook Hand Aquaman. I don't know how he got his his hand back. Do you know that, or did they just did they just do a crisis event and then he had a hand again? You, you know why, Mark? Because because comics because comics, because comics everybody. Uh, yeah, so we meet these two characters. Uh, it's like well, they're, they're the Green Ghost and Martian Man. I think are their names. Yeah, Green Ghost and Martian Man. Green Ghost is basically uh, Green Lantern. Uh, green it's the, the the version of green lantern in this universe and we learn that this version of the green ghost is pretty new at this uh like like uh like he he's only been doing this like a month or so he says and again martian man is like oh you're learning really quickly you just have a, a long way to go i think they made green ghost uh a, a a chick in the show i don't they remember do. they, they, well, made, they made him a woman the scene that we're about to get up to uh happens in the first episode of the show so we don't just like in this, we don't get to know the Guardians uh, for very long. Uh, but yeah, he says, and uh, Martian Man is like, you will learn, uh, you'll learn. I'm confident you were chosen as my friend's successor for a reason. And he's like, I hope you're right. And he just throws up all over himself. He's like, yeah, that's something I'm never going to get used to. And it wasn't clear to me if he's throwing up from changing from Green Ghost back to human form or if he's throwing up from looking at Martian Man like melt back into like a, a regular looking human. But either way, the guy pukes and they both get this uh this alert uh to go, you know, go to the Guardians of the Glorb. Uh, Guardians of the Glorb? <laughs> that comes later. Yeah, Guardians of the Globe. Uh, and he's like, Green Ghost, like, uh, do you got? Do you think I have time to wash this stuff off? He's got this, like, green goop. Yeah, I think this is how he trans... Yeah, that's it. He he transforms into Green Ghost by, like, swallowing this this thing. And then that turns him into Green Ghost. And he has to throw it up to turn back into a human. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty hilarious. at all. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious how he, how he transforms here. Uh, and then lastly, we meet the Immortal, who I don't believe has really any counterpart uh to to relate him to on the on the justice league he was just kind of he was just kind of a filler yeah and uh maybe battling this maybe Mm, maybe that's a reach i'll admit that's That's a reach that's a reach that's a big reach yeah uh he's battling this guy who's like uh wearing like a a propeller 
glider type hang glider type thing. He's like a vulture knockoff. Yeah. Yeah, like a vulture type. And Green, uh, Green, Green goes, uh, Immortal grabs him, throws him into, and just throws him off. And he's like, what are you doing? And then Immortal just says to himself, when I'm doubt, throw them into space. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, there's, there's just, it's the little things in this book. It really is the little things in Invincible that, that make you laugh. And then he gets the same alert, says, I'm on my way, goes over to the Guardians of the Globe headquarters. He lands. The whole team is there. He's like, hey, what's the emergency? And uh, Red Racer's like, oh, you don't know? I thought we thought you were the one who called us here since none of us knew what was going on. You haven't arrived yet. And you know, like Darkwing's like, what the hell's going on? And then the next Black scene, Darkwing. we start. Black Darkwing, right? Who's a white guy? We start to see the violence. We see, we just see heads exploding. We see green ghost's head flying off. We see War Woman gets attacked. We see that uh, a fish just goes right through Martian Man. Fish uh, guy, it, no. Yeah, it, it is. It is wild and crazy. Fish guy dies. Aquarius, and then the immortal is the last one left. I guess the lights were out, so no one saw what was happening. He says, "Show yourself. You may have caught the others by surprise, but I won't be so easy. You can't hide from me forever." And then Immortal turns around and says, "You." I never liked you. And then we see his head just fly off. And then on the next panel, a big splash page, we see covered in blood, Omni-Man. And he says the feeling was mutual. Omni-Man, Mark Grayson's superhero dad, has just murdered the entire Guardians of the Globe. Remzo, what did you think of this the first time you read this? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, this is the moment where you're like, it's already not really a typical superhero story. They're kind of playing off some different tropes in different ways. Uh, But this is the moment where you really realize, oh, this is like something really different. Yeah, I mean, after this, like everything you think you knew about where the comic is going forward, it, it does a complete 180. Yeah. Yeah, so moving on to the last issue of the uh, Invincible Volume 2. This is issue, not episode, issue 8. By the way, what do you there think you of how go. they handled this in the in the uh, in the animated series because this is this is how the very first episode ends where uh we briefly meet the Guardians of the Globe and then it ends where we where we see Nolan killing them all. I feel like for a pilot, people are less patient about that stuff. You couldn't do a seven episode build up to this. I mean, they kind of, they kind of work in reverse in the show, but I mean, for a TV mm-hmm. show, yeah. I mean, the standards are different. People are always like, oh, it wasn't exactly like how it turned out in the comics. But well, I mean, when you're changing from one medium to another, the formula has to change with it. So I think for the comic, yeah. it does it perfectly for the show. It does it perfectly. Yeah, I think the the pacing works perfectly. Uh, like you said, in both formats, because like you're there's probably not going to be 144 uh, episodes of the Invincible show, uh, so they have to get to some some certain certain things a little bit earlier. And uh, like for this, to me, this is like the big twist of the show, uh, the series, the show, episodes, issues, whatever. But this this is the big twist that guides so much of the series and uh, so much of what happens from here on out. So I really think that, especially to capture like the 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 uh, the imagination or the attention of the animated series audience, I think it was the right move to, just like they did in this issue, quickly introduce the Guardians of the Globe, make it make it seem like these are going to be characters we're going to get to know, and before we even get to know them, they're all dead, and holy shit, it was freaking Omni-Man. I just, I, I love this twist so much. Uh, it, it really just, it blew me away, but I really do love the, the pacing and, and how they got to it earlier, much earlier in the series. I think that was that was necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying this is the reason, but I'm pretty sure that's why the the motion comic ended because I mean, people were were watching that expecting it to be like an animated series. And it wasn't, it was a page for page animated and voiceover version of the comic. And it didn't have that uh, pace that you would want if you were expecting a TV show. So while it worked in the comic form, it didn't work in that form, but I think that's why the TV show is getting so much love right now. Yeah. 
So moving on to issue eight, the last chapter of the eight is enough trade paperback. Uh, and this, I, I like the cover here because we see a lot of other image characters at this funeral. That's it's kind of something that they they play with here t- from time to time. But uh, is like a shared image universe. Like Eric Larson has done this throughout the Savage Dragon. Like whatever characters happen to be an image at the time, he'll often work them into his books. And they do they do the same thing here with Robert Kirkman. We see uh, Shadowhawk here. We see Super Patriot. Most of these are, are Savage Dragon related characters. Um, yeah, but I, I really like the cover. Just seeing Savage Dragon on the cover sparked sparked interest in me here. Uh, and then we see Nolan. He's, he's outside his house talking uh to this guy who we only see him from behind at first uh he basically looks like a, he looks and talks like a, a fake uh rorschach uh i think his name is it damien darkblood or, or something like that darkblood yeah and he's a, and he's actually supposed to be a mix between rorschach and etrican the demon from dc comics that makes that makes perfect because sense. he talks in rhymes uh he's like you know and he's basically like questioning nolan about what happened he's like man i, I can't believe they're all dead I, I can't seem to get over it who would do such a thing and he, and he i love how he talks he's like hmm that's what i intend to find out what do you know about black samson so dark uh dark blood is, is, is yeah it is dark blood yeah. oh i'm sorry black dark blood <laughs> he's red dark blood white dark blood um i I really enjoy this another character i really enjoy uh in the series in the animated series as well uh he's like well you know you you have to pardon me i'm I'm a little shaken up by all this stuff you know the night before last i was called to the tailor shop he's a close personal friend of mine he had been developing a suit for samson to restore the powers he lost uh before the guardians kicked him out and he's like do you think samson was capable of this he's like no 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 he wasn't powerful enough to take on any of the guardians alone even when he had powers uh he if he did steal the suit i can't imagine it could restore him to full power let alone make him strong enough to do you know to do all this to everybody he's like all right good point still he's the prime suspect do you know of anyone else that could have a motive to do this uh and then we see mark grayson uh flying out and showing up in eve's uh at eve's house and he's like eve what are you doing here and she's like oh my god mark it was horrible and this is where we finally are finding out what uh eve saw uh and she's like it was horrible it was rex with kate and there was more than one of her because she is duplicate she creates duplicates of herself he's like what what do you yeah, mean? Yeah. He's like, he was cheating on me with that. <laughs> he was cheating. And this is something we also see uh, in the series. Uh, he's like, she, she was cheating on me with that, that multi slut. He's like, Oh, Oh, oh he's like, now I get wow. it. And she's, <laughs> she's basically crying on, on his lap. Uh, when, uh, Mark's mom walks in and she's like, Mark, uh, Oh my God. And she's like, he's like downstairs, both of you right now. Cause it, it appears the way she walks in the room and the way that, uh, Eve is laying on Mark's lap. It appears that she's giving Mark, wow. but that, that's not what happening. He actually is. He actually just is being a good friend here. Oh, so oh, I get, I get it. Mark, Mark. Okay, they're not in Eve's house. They're in Mark's house. Duh. Mark just showed home, showed up at home, and Eve was already there. Kind of. Why would Mark's mom be in Eve's house? Yeah, that that's why that makes no sense. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, wow. Um, yeah, basically, uh, yeah. Eve tells Mark about all that stuff, and uh, you know, mom thinks he's giving ahead. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then and then they're they're arguing about all this stuff. He's like, "Look, we're just friends. Like, it's it's nothing." And he's like, "And and Nolan's like, yeah, all right. Uh, oh, hey, Eve, I didn't know you here." He's like, "All right, let, let's forget about this stuff tomorrow. We got a funeral to to attend tomorrow. The Guardians of the Globe are dead." I'm like, oh shit, all of them. Anyway, back in school, and uh, yeah, Mark and William are hanging out, and this chick passes Mark and hands him a phone number, and uh, she says, or he says, he just hands him a piece of paper, and she says, "Open it later when you get home." And he's like, "Uh, did that just?" happen uh yeah but basically it's it's this chick um amber who is black amber in the series <laughs> in, in the is uh, that in the what we're series, doing amber now is black <laughs> i guess that's what we're doing now hey, that's but right. she's played by zazzy um, beats which is pretty awesome who the heck is zazzy beats she was domino in deadpool 2 oh okay and and the and the hot neighbor and joker all right now you're dishing me the facts 
I can at least do one in episode. The tables have turned back over. Um, yeah, and then um, let's see. And Mark sees this dude. It was one of the dudes that had uh, bombs like inside him. Uh, and he's like, "Holy shit! Is that who I think it is?" He's like, "Yeah, Derek Sanders. I can't believe you didn't know this was his first day back. The whole school's talking about it." He's like, "What's it been like a month and a half?" The guy had most of his organs rearranged and turned into bombs. This is like a guy they saved like before he actually like blew up. He's like, man, you saved his life when you stopped Mr. Giles. He's probably coming over here to thank you. And he's like, he doesn't even, he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> I have a secret identity. And and yeah, Mark's just like, hey, welcome back, dude. He's like, thanks. And then he walks off and we don't hear much from him uh, for the rest of this issue. But uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I got this funeral today. The Guardians of the Globe, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, he sees Eve uh, and, and he's like, she's like, wow, is that Derek? He's like, yeah. He's like, wow, damn. He's like, well, I got to get going or I'm going to be late for class. Have fun at that, uh, that thing. And she's like, okay, I'm on my way a to the funeral. girls' room before I go off to physics. Yeah. Just want to thank you for talking to me about that uh that stuff, and and they're like looking at her and he's like and Mark's just like oh, God damn it William knows everything now like <laughs> like it's so it's so obvious here. Uh, then Mark is battling this guy who looks like fake Rhino. He's he's, he's like Elephant Man basically. He's, he looks exactly like Rhino from from the Spider Man comics, only with an elephant suit instead of the a, a pachyderm. Is that what they call him? The pachyderm. I'm just guessing. I love it. He should. I call him Rhino Elephant Guy, but uh, yeah, <laughs> pachyderm is better. Yeah. Uh, then later, um, um, Omni Man is being scolded by his wife, who I still can't uh, figure out her name. And uh, and uh, she's Omni Man's wife. He, for, he forgot. He forgot. Mark's birthday is coming up soon. He's like, oh shit, Mark's birthday. Jeez. He's like, look, uh, I'm sorry, but like everybody I know just got murdered. Of course, we know that he's the one that murdered them. Uh, but she's like, oh gee, yeah, no, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I didn't realize this is hitting you so hard. So I like this too because like the reader knows now. The reader knows that he freaking murdered them all. So they know he's full of shit. But he's using this to play off the fact that he forgot his son's birthday uh then we are at the funeral and i think this is actually yeah i'm pretty sure i could be wrong i'm pretty sure that this is the first issue of the new artist ryan otley um do you have thoughts on the art of ryan otley versus the art of i'm gonna look his name up so i don't fuck it up again Corey, whatever do you have an opinion on the two i genuinely could not tell the difference until i actually found out that they were two different artists like I knew I noticed a change. Like I feel like Otley's way more cartoonish compared to the other guy and compared to most artists. But uh, you know, I feel like for for a series like this, uh, it it made sense. That's why I'm not happy with him on Spider-Man. I know for a lot of people they love his artwork on the amazing Spider-Man, but it, it feels wrong there. So here it felt appropriate. There I I wasn't a big fan. It's like if they had him doing The Walking Dead, it would have taken out a lot of the drama from the from the series. So I think he was the good artist for this, but definitely somebody who I feel they they kind of fling him onto different titles. And I'm like, I'm not really, I'm not really digging it. All right. Now we are at the funeral. Uh, for the Guardians of the Globe, and we see my old favorite Savage Dragon talking to uh, Dark Blood. They're they're talking at the funeral, and and we learn that Dark Blood has basically ruled out uh, Black Samson a- as being the murderer. Uh, and then uh, during the funeral, Nolan is giving this uh, this big heartfelt speech uh, about the Guardians of the Globe. He's saying, "No, they were legends. They were taken before their time." And then he sees. In the background, the Mahler twins showing up and he said, he's like, whoa, whoa, what are you guys doing here? And they say, look, look, please continue. We do not wish to cause a scene. We are here to pay our respects to a worthy adversary. Nothing more. We will not interfere with the proceedings. And and Invincible says, like, Dad, I'll keep an eye on them. I don't think they're going to do anything with all of us heroes here. Uh, and then right when that happens, there's a big explosion behind Nolan. And then this guy shows up in the suit. He says, no, they were mine. And uh, Black Samson, <laughs> Samson, Black Samson, he looks up. He says, Sanford. And it's actually 
It is Sanford, his butler. We've met two butlers so far, Belvedere and Samson. And um, he's or not Samson, Sanford. Sanford is Samson's butler. Uh, we then see all the heroes spring into action, including some of my uh, my image favorites, Savage Dragon, uh, Super Patriot, some other guy I don't recognize, Shadowhawk. He's not really an image favorite of mine, but he exists. He's there. They're all battling uh, uh, Sanford, who is, is Samson's butler. And um, let's see. Why was he attacking them? I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, he's Samson's butler. And uh, I guess he's basically just... Because reasons. Yeah, because reasons. He's like, they don't really explain it because he gets knocked out. And you know, he says they abandoned Samson. They turned their back on him when he needed them the most. For that, they must pay. So basically, he steals the suit, becomes a supervillain uh, to get revenge on the Guardians of the Globe uh, for kicking his man, Samson, out. But they all die. So he has to show up at the funeral because that's the next best thing you can do when everyone you want to get vengeance on is already dead. And, uh, and then the Mahler brothers are funny here. They say, oh, man, you defeated us in less time than this. What took you so long with this bozo? <laughs> And uh, yeah, there's also in the background, like uh, you see Omni Man saying, "I'm truly sorry for your loss," and he, and this uh, to this fish lady. So I guess that's like Aquarius's wife, and she's saying like, "It, it wasn't your fault." And he's like, "Yeah, well," and, we, and the reader knows, "Oh, well, yeah, yeah, kind, kind of was." And uh, Invincible's talking to Savage Dragon. And he's like, "Are all funerals like this?" Which I really like because fans of the Savage Dragon book know there have been a lot of funerals in that book because much like Savage Dragon. And, and Invincible, these are books that have real consequences. People age, people die. Uh, it, it's something I like about both these books a lot is that it's it's it. They play off a lot of real superhero tropes that we see in other comics, but with with consequences that would you're more likely to see in the real world with people actually dying, trash bags actually falling down, down from the sky, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I did like that reference that I think a, a lot of Savage Dragons fans will, will understand. Um Let's see. Uh, Eve is uh, still pissed off at Rex. She shows up at Teen Team's headquarters. She's really pissed at, at Rex. And as she shows up, he's hitting on Kate. And there's like one version of Kate that is that's like talking to robot, and another version of Kate that's that's talking to uh, that's talking to Rex Blode. And she shows up. He's like, "Oh great! I, I guess this is how it's going to be now." And then Rex is like, "Eve, wait, wait, wait! It doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way." He's like, "I could sleep with all of you. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be this way." You, Kate, other Kate, third Kate. Yeah. Mark gets home. He's like, what a day. And he finally finds this note. And he's like, oh, it's this note from Amber. He's like, wow. And then we, he tosses it away uh, as something like flies against his window. And we just see that it says, call me with, with her phone number on it. And then Mark goes outside and he sees that it was William, like just throwing a, a rock at his window to, to get attention. And he's like, dude, that that Amber girl wants me to call her. He's like, damn, stud, really? He's like, yeah, I don't even know her. She's in my history class. But we've never spoken. I guess she she wants to get to know you. Seems that way. So he's like, what's up? Why are you here, man? And William's like, well, you know, I've been thinking about this stuff since since we got back from the college the other day. I was thinking like, you know, now that I know you can do things that I can't, you have all these powers and you know, every boy has always wanted to do it. Maybe you could. And he just points to the sky and Mark just goes, ah, and then he flies off with William in his arms. And he just says, this is so gay, <laughs> which, which is funny because <laughs> it, it, they come right out with it in the, in the series, uh, in the animated series. William is gay. I don't think they've revealed it yet here, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny. He's like, man, this is so gay. <laughs> uh, back, uh, back at, at home. Um, um, Omni-Man is in bed with his still unnamed wife. <laughs> Omni-Man's wife. Yeah. And, and they're just chatting. She's like, she's like, no, like you really haven't been yourself lately. He's like, Jesus. Oh, Debbie, here it is. We got finally, I figured it out. Debbie. Debbie. Jesus, Debbie. Seven of, my, seven of my colleagues were just murdered. He's like, I know, but that's that's not it. I've seen you sad. I've seen you mourn before. This is this is different. You're acting preoccupied, distant. Can't put my finger on it. He's like, I'm fine. He's like, all right, all right. Forget I said anything. And then we see this dude. 
uh, this dude, Derek, who was the one with like that had his like insides rearranged to plant bombs in him. He's like, you son of a bitch. It's not a short drive out here. You know, he's at he's at the, the gravesite of uh, David Hiles, that that um, that pr- professor that did this to him. He's like, I can't even believe they allowed you to be buried here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but just so you know, I brought you a gift and he pisses on the grave. <laughs> and this is just a transition to us seeing a different part of the of this. Um, uh, man, I'm having a I'm having a, a moment here. What do you call the place where bodies are buried? Graveyard. There we go. The cemetery. Yeah, cemetery, graveyard, whatever. And these two dudes are are digging up this grave and they're like, why are we doing this again? And this guy's like, well, dude, I read on the internet that if you drink from the immortal skull, you live forever. He's like a skull, but he wouldn't be down to a skull yet. He's only been dead for a few days. He's like, look, what do you want to wait until the dirt settles or until someone else gets this idea? He's like, all right. So they're digging, digging, digging. And they're like, I, I, I got it. I think we hit it. And right when they say that, I turn around and they see the Mahler brothers are right there and they say, we'll take it from here, boys. You have no idea the time you saved us. So they were, that's why they were at the funeral, obviously to scout out uh, the immortal, exactly where the immortal was buried. I guess, I guess they, they probably could have figured that out otherwise, but whatever. And uh, they just waited for these other here lies immortal. Yeah, they waited for these, these kids to dig up, dig up his grave so they could get in there for their own reasons, uh, which we'll find out later on in this series. I can say this this might be a, a Claire Continues candidate because I couldn't stop even preparing for the show. I, I'm already a couple more volumes through, but but we're going to stop there. This is a, a little a primer for Invincible. I, I think a lot of what we've covered has pretty much been done in some way, shape, or form uh, in the animated series. Um, so, uh, but yeah, what do you uh, what do you think? Why don't we just do a grades, uh, I guess, these, these first two volumes uh, of Invincible? I, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, Mark. Art uh, you know, we transitioned between two artists. I didn't see a big difference between the two, maybe more acute uh, fans of both artists may, but I'm going to give it a four. It's cut. It's clean. It's great. Good to the point. Very simple shows the violence and the comedy shows all the expression you want. It's a four. Is it amazing? No, but you know what? It's good enough for the series. I think it really pulls it off. I couldn't imagine any other set of artists uh, starting and continuing with this. I'm going to give the art a four. And for the story, uh, you know, it, it's one of those where it sets up one set of expectations and it subverts them entirely. Uh, is this really for everybody? No, because I think it's probably something that more seasoned comic book readers will appreciate. But I do remember reading this when I was like 12, 13 years old and being really you know, swept up by it. I'm going to give it a four as well for a total score of eight out of 10. It was enough for you, I guess, just like the title of this of this trade paperback. Oh, so yeah, for me, um, like, yeah, I. I think the art in this, I, I do like the art, I think, a little bit more when we switch over to Ryan Otley. Um, I, I think Corey Walker's art is good, and he's the one that invented this character. Um, but I, to me, like, Ryan Otley is the one that I really see as the artist of Invincible. He's the one I think of. Yeah, and basically what happened, um, like, Eric Larson said, like, yeah, I really liked Corey Walker, but uh, after about uh, around six, uh, five or six issues, his pages started coming in really, really late, and uh, we really wanted to keep this a monthly series, so, and he realized he wasn't going to be able to keep up the pace, so that's why they switched over to Ryan Otley, but uh, I think it was a good switch over they really found an artist that captured the style perfectly the vibe perfectly um but, but I, I, I like the art of cory walker too I'm, I'm not too critical of it so overall i I, th- I found the art worked for me throughout this whole thing so i'm gonna also give the art a four and you know maybe by the end of the series i might give the writing a higher grade um like i i like the writing a lot it's very unique i love the dialogue um 
You know what? I'm going to give it a little. I'm going to go a tick higher than you. I'm going to give the writing a 4.5, just because I think they he, that Robert Kirkman does a really good job of not only you know bringing unique concepts forward, um, giving us some a lot of twists on some common superhero tropes, uh, but I really just love the dialogue here. I think the dialogue is just stellar throughout. We really get to know these characters and know them in a really natural way. So. I'm going to go 4.5 on the writing. It was not enough for me. It's going to be an 8.5 for these first two volumes of Invincible. Definitely a higher score than what we've given books recently. Yeah, yeah. We're back on the upswing here. Back 16.5 out of 20. Indeed. Not too shabby. Definitely pick it up. At least the first volume, if nothing more. Yeah, I, I would definitely say... Like this thing is on Hoopla. Get in there, check it out. Uh, I, I have a hard time imagining people wouldn't enjoy this um, and and want to keep reading. Like I, I like even having read this before, I couldn't put it down. I had to keep reading. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the same thing with the animated series. That's why I'm so glad it's finally out. It took long enough, but it's finally here. Indeed. Um, so that's it. Any any notes before we wrap up here? Nope, folks, go ahead and subscribe to us on Patreon by supporting us for as little as $5 a month. Uh, $5 a month, you go ahead and get weekly Repso Rants. Claire's Continues, where we continue based off the episodes you get here on the main feed. You also get the Random Marvel Comics podcast, where Mark reads a random Marvel Comics comic book, and so much more. As always, you can find that and more at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. All right, well, that's going to do it. Until next time, of course, read comics. Change the world! Good night, America. Adios. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.